It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Indeed it is. I'm Steve Rosenblum, your host for Saturday Suckage. Coming up later this hour, the Wake and Bake Club will hold a meeting. We'll try to plan your Super Bowl party, you Wake and Bakers. And we'll bring you Colin Cowherd. He was on. He was heard on the Parkinson Spiegel Show. He started it. He started the ruckus. He walked back the ruckus. It was all about Bears quarterbacks because everything this moment, this month, this next month, the month after that, the month after that revolves, is seen through, is reflected in the prism of Bears quarterbacks. To that end, we go back to the scores guest line. Our guest hotline is presented by Circus Sports Illinois. And we welcome back to the show to talk about Bear quarterbacks and puppies is Aaron Lemming. Aaron, thank you for coming on today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I love I love the puppies drop there. That is that is always great. Well, I want to know, like, you know, let's share with the audience. I, I know it should be a tease. We should drag this out. But because the puppies are tied in with Bear quarterbacks, those are dots I never thought I'd connect. However, why <laughs> don't you share with the class what's going on? Yeah, so basically, and I appreciate you bringing this up. So uh, Greg Gabriel and I, um, I'm sure everybody knows Greg. Um, Greg and I uh, are really good friends now. He writes for Windy City Gridiron as well as doing the uh, Barroom uh, podcast as well. Uh, we got together uh, a few weeks back, and you know anybody who follows him on social media knows that he's been very steadfast in his belief that the Bears are going to stick with Justin Fields. So we got together and basically, uh, you know, decided that we would each pick a rescue that we wanted to support and we would uh, put up some money and basically say, you know, if, if the Bears take Caleb Williams, for example, I'm on, you know, Team Caleb Williams, then he will donate uh, $50 to the uh, the rescue of my choice, which is Save Rocky, Great Dane Rescue. And if the Bears stick with Justin Fields, then um, I will donate $50 to his rescue of choice, which is Paw Chicago. So it's just really a good way to try to get more people involved. It's been a really heated topic. I know you know that. I know anybody in Chicago knows that. Um, and kind of turn maybe the uh, the dog-eat-dog the dog strategy around, um, you know, with, with, with the fan base and kind of turn it into something a little bit more productive. Can I play in your game? Because you can – you have, Absolutely play. You have made it binary, and I will be happy to put down 50 bucks towards yours, and especially pause if, if Greg is right. But here's my view of this, and you can break it up and cut it up as you want, but I want to play in your game because it involves puppies, and I love puppies, is that I think they're going to keep Justin Fields and I think they're going to draft Caleb Williams. And I think that Ryan Poles in his Kansas city experience has finally will wise up everyone in Hallis hall and, and tell them not to be stupid and to just sit down and take a seat. We're going to make Justin Fields, our quarterback. We're going to make Tyson Bajan number two and Caleb Williams won't see the field until Patrick Mahomes did at the earliest, which is week 17, no matter who gets hurt or how he gets hurt. I think they're going to do it that way. It worked for Green Bay, and Green Bay's had <clears throat> some success, as Bears fans know. And all of a sudden, the guy throwing to Taylor Swift's boyfriend is having more success, and he sat for a year. So if I'm right, I want to play in your game. If I'm wrong, if they trade Justin Fields or if they pass on Caleb Williams, I'll be more than happy to contribute. 
but I want to be in on this little game. Will you let me play in your game with my theory? And what do you think of my theory? Yeah, absolutely. So in your theory, there is a third option. Greg and I talked about that multiple times and we tried to figure out a way to make it as black and white as possible and ultimately just couldn't do it. So our, basically the, the third option is any other option. So if that means keeping Justin Fields and trading down to, you know, two or three or whatever and taking a quarterback or, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever, like maybe, maybe they trade Justin Fields and they go out and they sign Kirk Cousins. Seems highly unlikely, but that is, you know, absolutely a scenario. So in that case, then that would be basically a, you know, a $50 donation or whatever donation that you would want to a rescue of your choice. Uh, there's a lot of great ones out there. I actually did uh, a thing called touchdown for tails for Windy city gridiron this last year, where we featured uh, 17 different Chicago land rescues, there's a lot of great ones on there. Um, as far as your theory, I, I so here's the thing. I, I, in, I, I think in practice, at least in my opinion, I don't know that it makes as much sense. Now I know, you know, with your analogy with, uh, with Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith, I, I think the big thing is right now for the Bears is you're kind of looking at a scenario where the Bears aren't as established, right? And for as much as some fans may want to believe, Justin Fields hasn't established himself as a very good quarterback in this league. I mean, whether you want to believe he's average, slightly above average, slightly below average, whatever the case may be. But I think that that's kind of where the difference comes in, because I think that the bears in their scenario with their roster are probably looking at it and saying, Hey, if we're going to keep Justin Fields, we're going to trade down a little bit, um, whether that's to, you know, three, four, a little further down, get, you know, a ton of picks, be able to draft a receiver or, you know, offensive lineman and go from there or, you know, they're going to draft Caleb Williams or Drake may or whoever it is at number one. And they're going to turn around and trade Justin Fields and hope that they can get, you know, a second round pick and, and extra from it. So I, I think, is it possible? Absolutely. I think with, with the bears quarterback situation, I think we've learned that anything can be possible, <laughs> but I do think the biggest thing here that I think is probably a little bit different. Um, and, and I know you may disagree with this, but I think the, the biggest difference here with the bears is, everybody loves Justin Fields in that locker room. And I know the professionals and I know that they're going to play for whoever quarterback is out there, but it almost feels like you're putting, uh, you know, that rookie quarterback, whether it's Caleb Williams, Drake may Jaden Daniels, doesn't really matter. You're kind of putting him at a, you know, in, in a, uh, you know, a bad position right out of the gate, because you've got a guy that obviously everybody's going to want to win that, that job going into camp. And plus two, at least if you have an established veteran like an Alex Smith or whatever the case may be, you're not really worried about having to get him reps in a, in a new offense. Yes. The terminology will be similar. Yes. The concepts will be similar, but it still will be a new offense. So you're talking about balancing the development of a fourth year quarterback in Justin Fields. And then you're also talking about balancing the development of a rookie quarterback in Caleb Williams or whoever it may be. So I get it, but I think it is a little bit more complicated of a situation, but again, I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule anything out at this point. My guest is Aaron Lemming, Windy City Gridiron, talking Bears quarterbacks here on the score. The the idea of a, a rookie quarterback coming in, that's yet another reason to do it my way. Justin Fields is still there. Justin Fields can have an all-pro year. Justin Fields could have could could give, be given every chance to be Justin Fields, what all the stands think of him. I do not. I do not think he's that guy. I think he's a ball security nightmare. I think he's inaccurate. I think as a passer goes, he's a great runner. But he would be, if he does have that kind of favor in the locker room, it's yet another reason to have the rookie quarterback just sit, watch, see how it works, and then whatever happens after the year, go there. Now, based on what you know about 
and maybe no, we don't know enough about Caleb Williams. Is he the kind of guy coming from the kind of family? Is his dad going to let him do that? I think that's a fair question. Um, so I won't speak too much in on Caleb Williams family because I don't know a ton about the situation. What I will say is I'm a huge Oklahoma fan. Um, I do have being originally from California and, you know, living out in Southern California for as long as I did. I do know some people um, that do cover USC that have some, you know, some pretty good insight into it. I think from what I've gathered from them, this entire character concern situation that it seems like, you know, locally in Chicago, it's been drummed up a lot more than it has, you know, nationally. I think a lot of that has been highly overstated. I think that is he, is he a quirky guy? Sure. Is he somebody who, you know, came from, you know, a, a pretty, you know, I don't know if I, I, I'm trying to find the right way to put this, a pretty, you know, a, a good and uh, like rich background, you know, and has always had a really good, you know, really good set of talent. And he's always been one of the best players on the field. Sure. But at the same time, a lot of these guys have. So it, it's a situation where you're talking about a quarterback where, I think if this is any any city but Chicago, and this is just my opinion, I, I don't think we would be playing the, you know, Caleb Williams have character concerns, you know, and it's like going back to the stuff at USC. Yes, he struggled at times this last year, but at the same time, I don't care what the offensive numbers say. Like schematically speaking, that offense was much different in 2023 than it was in 2022. And I know a lot of people want to point out the, you know, the the players running around the field after that bowl game win and saying we finally have a team now. They want to put that on Caleb Williams. I'm telling you right now, that was much more Alex Grinch related, their old defensive coordinator, than had anything to do with Caleb Williams. So could it be a thing where they force their way out or whatever the case may be, or if they don't like the situation and and what you just said? Yeah, I think there's a chance, but I do think all of that is being severely overplayed. Um, And I think that, you know, ultimately, I think what this comes down to is Ian Rappaport has, you know, reported and confirmed yesterday that, he is happy to go wherever he is drafted. And I think that until somebody to that caliber comes out and says differently, I think that that, at least me, that's how I'm going to operate thinking. But again, I think a lot of the character concerns, a lot of the, you know, he's going to be a diva. His dad's going to take over, whatever, whatever. We've heard the same thing with a lot of professional athletes. It never happens. I think it's overplayed. Aaron Lemming is my guest. Windy City City Gridiron is where you can find his work. We're talking bears right here on the score. So the, Whatever they do with it, let's, I guess, assume they take a quarterback and they still have the number nine pick. What would you suggest? How would you suggest they approach that ninth draft pick, ninth overall draft pick? Well, if it were me, I'd be going offense. And and I know that some people are going to say, well, they need an edge rusher. They need a defensive tackle. I get that. There, there is free agency, I think, especially at the edge position. I think that there's going to be quite a few names that they can go out and sign to a one- or two-year deal that can make some sense. Maybe somebody like Chase Young makes sense. But I think when you're looking at the amount of, especially the amount of resources that they've spent uh, defensively in the draft over the last few years, I think you got to start evening that on, on the offensive side of the ball. You're already paying DJ Moore, um, you know, pretty dang good money. Frankly, I would guess that at some point in time within the next year or two, he's going to probably need an extension with bigger money because he's outplayed the contract. So I think you got to have to look at it and you say, okay, are you comfortable with Braxton Jones at left tackle? If you are, then I think the obvious answer, assuming that one of these top three receivers are still there, was you know take a receiver at nine. If one of those receivers isn't there, maybe you look at Brock Bowers, the tight end out of Georgia. That could make some sense too. Or if you're not comfortable with Braxton Jones and you say, hey, 
we can live with this guy, but ultimately we're going to need to upgrade at some point. And one of those two stud tackle prospects are sitting there. Um, then you, you go there. But I just, when I look at, and again, it's still early. I'm by no means, you know, a draft expert. You know, there's very few people who aren't, even those get that wrong. But at least in my viewpoint, looking at this, I think that the offensive talent that is going to be on the board, regardless of how you project out the first eight picks to go, the offensive talent that's going to be on the board is probably going to be superior to the defensive talent. And again, I think when you look at free agency, whether it's defensive tackle or defensive end, there are a lot more options that make more sense to kind of pour that money into those positions. than it does to pour that money into, you know, an offensive tackle and especially at receiver. Aaron Lemming is my guest. Windy City Gridiron is where you can read him. We're talking Bears football here on the score. So if you were if you were looking last year, Ryan Poles actually admitted he had, I got this kind of offer, this kind of this kind of offer. And people were wondering, oh, you're just or thinking, maybe you're just trying to drive up the price. You don't really have it. But he did. He had it. He made the deal. Number one pick. And DJ Moore and Two number one and the swap of ones. He got a one. He got a two. He <clears throat> did all that, but he did it in March. I want to say right. He did it about a, a a month later than it is now, and well before the draft. Do you expect this to come down that early, or do you expect this to come down just before the Bears actually have to turn in the card? Well, I think there's there's two different theories kind of floating around right now, right? Because Albert Breer put out, um, you know, a little little snippet in one of his uh, pieces that he did the other day that he he believes that basically if the Bears are going to draft a quarterback, they're going to want to sell high on Justin Fields before free agency happens. Um, there's other people who believe that you kind of let free agency happen. You know, there's not a ton of great names. Obviously, Kirk Cousins and Baker Mayfield are going to highlight that. But let's just say Cousins stays put and Mayfield stays put. Then what do you have? You have, what, Ryan Tannehill and, you know, uh, Gardner Minshew, who, I mean, hey, I'm not trying to knock the guy, but, I mean, he's a really good backup, a good spot starter, did pretty well in Indy this year. But I don't think if you're looking for a quarterback and you're looking for a longer-term option, that's going to be a name that you're really going to want to be banking on. So, you know, at least in my theory, I'm looking at it and saying, okay, well, maybe you let the first week of free agency go by. If you decide you're drafting a quarterback, then you trade Justin Fields in. Maybe the value will be higher then. Um, I See, it's just, it's one of those, I think you could kind of take it either way. Here's what I do think. I think that by the time that the, the combine ends, which is basically like a week before free agency starts, by the time the combine ends, that, that first week in March, I think we're going to have a really good idea of what the Bears are going to do. Frankly, uh, if we're being honest, I think we already have a pretty good idea of what the Bears are going to do. Everything coming out of the Senior Bowl right now is basically, you know, from other, t- you know, other teams and people talking to other teams is basically saying, hey, like, the, the, there's only one real option here, and that's you're going to stay at number one, and you're going to take a quarterback, and you're going to trade Justin Fields again. In your theory, they can keep both, they can do whatever, but if they do decide that they want to take a quarterback, let's just say they're comfortable enough with two out of the three top names then I think we at least start seeing progress heading into free agency right before free agency that they are going to work on a deal. I mean, really what it comes down to for me is I'm looking at this is again, there's, there's not a ton of names in free agency. And once those two names go, it is what it is. But at the same time, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to say, okay, you know, like the Raiders, for example, who are they going to trade up with? You know, are they going to have, are they going to have the money to be able to go out and, and pay a guy like Kirk Cousins or Baker Mayfield and get them away from a better situation than what they are right now. I don't think so. And I think there's a lot of those teams, the same thing with Denver. So maybe it makes more sense for them to say, okay, 
we're not going to be able to trade up. We'd really rather not spend, you know, $35, $40 million a year on a quarterback. Let's go ahead and gamble on a guy like Justin Fields. Send the picks now. We have an idea of what we're doing. They're still going to – I would be absolutely shocked if Justin Fields got a a first-round pick, especially from one of those teams. So you give away your second, you give away a future, whatever the case may be, and you kind of roll with that. So I don't know exactly the timeline, but I do think that by the end of the combine, we'll have a good idea. And I would say – I would say – let's just put it this way. I would say before April, if they are going to trade Justin Fields, it'll happen. All right. I want to play in your game. I will get you my um, – why can't I think of it? My doggy, my doggy orphanage place. Um, I will get you the name rescue. of my rescue. Why couldn't I just draw a blank? <laughs> I could, you know, I'm old. I forget things. So here's a pro tip, Aaron. Don't get old. I just thought I'd pass oh. it along to you. Okay. <laughs> I will do I'll that. I want to. I want to play in the game. I'll. I'll bring money and I'll bring doggies and and like that. I love paws, but as long as it was taken, I will find something else. And thanks for letting me play in your game. Yeah, well, you can you can absolutely there's with the third option there is absolutely no reason you can't do paws. We feature them in week eight. I mean, they're they're a great rescue. I'm 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 really big in animals. I mean, you're talking to me today, but two weeks ago uh, we had eight dogs in our house, and three of those are fosters. And they were basically you know getting transported or going to a different foster. They're going to their adopter. So. There is absolutely nothing wrong with doing paws. They're great. Uh, did a lot of research on them when I was doing the article. So, I mean, if that's if that's who you want to donate to, that's great. Uh, really, the only thing I would say at this point is, is you know, the, the right now, uh, rescues and shelters, I don't know what has been going on the last year or two, um, but they are all at capacity. And basically any sort of donation, any sort of way that you can help, whether that is volunteering, whether that's fostering, um, adopting, anything like that would be a huge help, regardless of where it is in the country, regardless of what rescue or shelter it is. So anything helps at this point. Puppies. We love puppies. All right. We'll see what we can do to help the puppies. Aaron, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. It was great. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me on. Aaron Lemming, Windy City Gridiron and Puppies. Me and Mrs. Otter love puppies. We love paws. So I'm going to play in their game. I like, see, I'm, I'm putting my puppy money where my mouth is. That's, that's important, see? And now where my mouth is is the WB Club. And we're going to discuss, I'm sure I should have some Super Bowl gummies ideas, but I don't. But I have two other things that will, for eating and drinking purposes, that you might want to have at your Super Bowl party or go to a Super Bowl party or take with you somehow. Figure it out, people. But the WB Club will be meeting. And then later this hour, Colin Cowherd started the Bears quarterback ruckus and Caleb Williams and then walked it back and um, explains it all on his Parkins and Spiegel interview, and we'll play it for you in total. Saturday Suckage, I'm Steve Rosenblum, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. There's something important I was supposed to do today. Dopest dope I've ever smoked. Hands down, dopest dope I've ever smoked. Wicked Bay Club. I love weed. I smoke weed every second of every day. Hey, I am your stoner. (laughs) 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 Even Smokey the Bear is going, only you can... Wake and Bake Club, in session. I don't know if you are familiar with Good News Cannabis, but they're teaming up with the 50-50. Maybe you know 50-50. Great wings. Now they're going to become even greater. 
5050 and Good News are combining to make THC infused buffalo wing sauce. Big game sauce. It's available at Sunnyside Dispensaries, River North, Wrigleyville, Buffalo Grove, and Schaumburg. Each 10 ounce container features the 5050s mild buffalo sauce infused with 100 milligrams of THC, 30 bucks a bottle, 21 and over only. Smoke weed every day. Jones Soda. You're familiar with Jones Soda? I love Jones Soda. Jones Soda. You're going to love it even more. They do the October can- October Stoner Tour through California. They're introducing Hemp Delta 9, HD9. Jones Soda helped hemp-derived THC-infused craft sodas. The brand has also launched direct-to-consumer e-commerce, which will carry Mary Jones HD9 craft sodas with more Delta 9 infused products to come. Sodas are sold in 12-ounce cans with either 2.5, 5, or 10 milligrams of low-dose hemp THC in the classic flavors that Jones Soda is known for. So there you go. You got wings, and you got Jones Soda. Your home Wake and Bake Club Super Bowl, you got something to build around right there. I'm Steve Rosenblum. This is Saturday Suckage. This, Saturday Suckage. this has been a meeting of the Wake and Bake Club. Take a break. When we come back, we'll have the Colin Cowherd interview on Parkinson Spiegel. Yesterday on this very radio station, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Smoke weed every day. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Welcome in, welcome back. I have to say this. The texts are wonderful. I can't get to all of them, and we have to find a way to save them for next week. But 773 Texter, just sending in this text, the possibility of physical and mental collapse is now very real. No sympathy for the devil. Keep that in mind. Buy the ticket. Take the ride. That is yet another great line from gonzo journalist Hunter S. Thompson. Thank you, 773 Texter. All right, the Wake and Bake Club elicited response, and people who hate listening to suckage elicited response, and wives and husbands and boyfriends, and it's great, all over the country. I thank you for that. I want you to listen to this. The Bears' ruckus about quarterback was started, kind of ended. Colin Cowherd, he was on Parkins and Spiegel. You heard it yesterday. You'll hear it again today on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Colin, Colin, of course, the herd with Colin Cowherd, the volume. All right, can you clear it up for us? What what was yeah, opinion? What, what was so opinion? Listen, what was fact? Well, I mean, we all, you know, you guys are on probably four hours a day. Well, how long are you on a day? Four yep. or something yeah, like that. Four, yeah. four yeah, hours I'm, a day. I'm rambling for three, and so I was told, um, you know, after the, the, Caleb knows he's going to be the number one pick. He, he you know, like everybody knows it. Like it's done. Um, the all the exact. I mean, everybody knew two years before Andrew Luck. They knew when he was a sophomore. You know, he's. Trevor Lawrence, two years when he won the Natty as a freshman. Everybody knew Caleb's going to be the number one guy. It's not close. He's a significantly better prospect than Drake May. And he knows it. And he's got a lot of self-awareness. Um, Caleb hides from people. Like, he's not going to the Super Bowl. He doesn't want to go to this stuff. He's not going out. He sits in his apartment. Like, he's a good kid. But there's a lot surrounding him. Thank God he's in L.A. where he can get lost. But he's his dad, though, is a big personality, strong opinions. Don't know him, met him once. And I was told about, I don't know if it was eight, nine weeks ago, like there were some real misgivings about Chicago and Jesus, Justin Fields can't win games and he's super talented. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff about that. And so when I was talking on the show yesterday, um, 
and an addendum, by the way, I was told 15 minutes ago that five NFL teams have called USC through a background check on Caleb, and they're going to offer the Bears packages to get the number one pick. So <laughs> you, heard, you heard that 15 minutes ago. 15 minutes ago from somebody I trust that USC has been called by uh, just shy of a half a dozen teams doing background checks. Caleb Williams is going to get – Chicago could keep fields, go to number two, go to number I – I wasn't told who made the calls. Okay. I was told there's going to be offers for that number one pick. That's how good Caleb is. So you could keep Justin Fields. I wouldn't, but you could. You could move down a few spots. But I've been told this is a better prospect significantly than Andrew Luck by – Three executives, two with rings. He's really special. Yes. And what I generally do with my sources, I call GMs that don't need the player in question. So I'm calling GMs that don't need a quarterback. So I'm not getting, you know, I'm not getting misinformation. You know, well, I, I called two GMs last year or the year before on Kenny Pickett a couple of years ago. They had quarterbacks. And they both said he's a third-round grade, but the Steelers need a quarterback. Well, we were right. He's not very good. Right. So um, I've a lot of my sources on Caleb are teams that don't need quarterbacks. So I feel like I get a more honest opinion. He is viewed as above Mahomes at this point. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to get Andy Reid as a coach. But so anyway, I was told eight, nine weeks ago, there were a lot of concerns about Chicago's mess. We don't know if Eberflus is the guy. We don't know if Ryan's the guy. We don't know about the ownership group. There's been questions whether they're going to play. Detroit and Green Bay are stacked rosters. Kevin O'Connell is a brilliant, brilliant guy. Wait until he gets his quarterback. And there was just a lot of concerns. Now, my guess is that probably mostly came from the dad side because Caleb just hides. Great kid hides. But then when I talked yesterday about and I said what I said, somebody reached out very close to Caleb and said that's a little hot. We don't. We're not anti-Chicago. Caleb wants a big, aggressive, passionate city. Like he does not want to go to a Sunbelt team that tarps off the upper deck. <laughs> he wants he wants a big, loud, crazy, passionate, all-in city. So let's back and up that, for a second, Colin. That's incredible stuff. And if I got that information or you had that information eight weeks ago or yeah. whatever, my God, I'd be tempted to like use it or form a take around it or whatever. Why did it come out yesterday? Was it just the happenstance of being in the middle of a segment and, and you keep talking? Like, why did it come out well, yesterday? Well, first of all, I had said about eight, nine weeks ago, and again, yesterday it wasn't a segment. I just, it was, I think it was a herd line news and I said something. But one of the things I had said is don't be surprised if teams don't make an offer to Chicago. And the reason I didn't form a big opinion is because when I had heard it eight or nine weeks ago, it was right after the season. Remember when the story came out? I think it was right after the season when it was like Caleb's dad. He wants to restructure contracts. Mm -hmm. They don't want it. And I made one call, and it was like, that's nonsense. So, and then it was around that call, that time, that I heard, like, you know, they got some misgivings about Chicago. This, is Ibra Flew's going to be there? It, I'm not sure if we knew at the time. I think we did. We may not have. So I got a lot of different things at the time. And I think I may have mentioned it. There's some concerns. And then I didn't form anything on it because it was just sort of a – yeah, kind of a feeling. And so yesterday when I said it, I said, yeah, kind of, there's a little anti-Chicago. 
and it may have been too hot because they don't want to be painted as that. Caleb doesn't want to be a villain. He, 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 like he's, he knows there's no perfect spot to land. And so they were selling me last night, hey, there's a lot of good things about Chicago. Yeah, I was also told nine weeks ago, I got concerns about Chicago. I think both are true. Mm-hmm. There's nothing definitive. There is no perfect spot. I mean, seriously, did we think Houston would work out like that? No, there's, def- there's definitely no perfect spot. I've actually been making the case, though, Colin, that Chicago's a better spot for number one picks than any in recent history because they weren't the worst team in the NFL. They got gifted the pick. They have DJ Moore. They've got t- 10 cap space. They have the ninth pick overall. They've got a top 10 pick at right and tackle. That's Taylor, yeah, that's what Caleb's people said last night. They're like, it looks like Houston. It's kind of the – now, what I said to them was, well, yes, but what I think people are forgetting is D'Amico Ryans has a long runway to coach. If Eberflus goes one and four, he's in trouble. Yes. They could flush out the entire – this is what makes this job a bad job to me, a bad space. People say, what about Washington? Dan Quinn's got a four-year runway. What about Houston? D'Amico Ryans has a runway. If Eberflus has a bad September, Caleb's on his second staff by year two, maybe by Thanksgiving. That's not good. In the history of the NFL, name the quarterbacks whose first coach was a disaster and they went on to riches. Yeah, no, we've, well, t- we've talked about Hopefully Justin Herbert's about to happen right now with Jim that's, Harbaugh, yeah, and it'll be his right. third coach. And, by the way, and, and that's right. It is that, that and, and it's taken, by the way, like four years or three years to get it right. This appears to be a very rare situation where finally the Chargers, after butchering the first two hires, get it right. right. It does appear like that. And you're right. That's a great comp. Are the Bears going to hire – like, I'll, I'll throw a name out to you. I think Vrabel pulled himself out after the Chargers weren't interested. I think Vrabel said next year there's going to be seven quarterbacks available potentially, and one of them could be Caleb. And it, I think Vrabel next year is going to enter. Philadelphia, Dallas, both could have new coaches. Buffalo, sorry, you can't keep losing home playoff games as a favorite with Josh Allen. Um, Derek Carr, uh, Dak Prescott. So next year there's six, seven up to Trevor Lawrence. What if Doug Peterson can't turn that around? He's out. Yeah, so I think Caleb if Caleb Williams. is, I think if Caleb is as good as he is, the Bears' job will be attractive, and he'll either make Eberflus win or he'll make someone else win. What we're trying to figure out is if we're going to be faced with a situation that was Elway or Eli. No, and- no, 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 no. So I was told, I was told last night, Caleb does not want to be a villain. He he doesn't want to be a villain. He knows there's no perfect landing spot. The concerns I was told eight, nine weeks ago, I'm not backtracking. They're real. Right, but if the Bears want to draft Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams is fine being a Bear? Yes, he won't pull. He won't. I, if I was his agent, I would, I would, I think I would voice concerns about, I don't have the confidence Chicago talk show hosts have about Chicago. They've had one winning season in 11 years. They haven't had a top 15 offense in a decade in a league that's trying to create parity. They break the system. 
They've never had a great quarterback. Jay Cutler, I think, is your all-time leader. He'd be like the Packers' fourth-best quarterback. There's no disputing any of that. But that was true about the Bengals before Burrow, and it was true true on some level about Kansas City before Mahomes. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, but they they were thought to be mess. Mm. Boomer Esiason, MVP. Carson Palmer, great. Uh, Kenny Anderson. They had hit. They had had very good offenses and very robust quarterback play. The Bears have never had a great quarterback. Now we know Ever. we know that, but 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 you know the current situation with the Bears it it is it is a good one. I, I'm curious if like it, it, do yeah, you, I dispute that? I don't think it's a good one. Oh, oh, but but they have a really good number one wide receiver. They have a growing offensive yeah. line. Um, they've okay. got a really yeah. good, a really good offensive coaching staff that they just hired. Uh, oh wait, time out. Let's let's slow down. That staff gets blown out if they don't win ten games next year. I don't necessarily agree That's, with that. Well, what, what do you think the next coach is going to keep them? Nobody does that. No, but it, they they could promote the offensive coordinator or promote Thomas Brown, who was an assistant and head so coach under McVay. There's another unproven coordinator as a head coach. That's the answer. That that definitely listen. I wanted them to fire Matt Eberflus and hire Jim Harbaugh or hire Ben Johnson so ask, that they would ask yourself this. Yeah. Ask yourself this in twenty twenty one. 12 wins by offensive coaches in the playoffs. One playoff win by a defensive coach. In 2022, yeah. 12 playoff wins by offensive coaches. One by defensive coaches. Andy Reid, Shanahan, either wins. This year, 9-4. and four. Defensive coaches aren't winning. The last 10 coaches in the Super Bowl all offensive. You have the only defensive coach in the lame duck season in the division. LeFleur's excellent. Kevin O'Connell's excellent. Look at this league right now. Reed, Jim Harbaugh, McVay, Shanahan, Peyton, Stefanski, Shane Steichen, Mike McDaniel, Matt LaFleur. These are elite offensive coaches who are taking backups in some cases to the playoffs. Matt LaFleur's ten and twenty eight with Justin Herbert. He's three and twelve in division. Mm-hmm. We don't know if your president's good. Your GM could be. Your coach on the hot seat. You can't win in division. The, the Packers and Lions are stacked offensive teams in an offensive league. The Bears are still celebrating the 85 Bears at games. They're, they're, <laughs> you, you are preaching to the choir on the offensive coach v. defensive coach, and you are preaching to the choir on serious questions about Eberflus. I, all I want to know is that Caleb Williams, if they draft him, is willing to come here. And, yeah, Caleb, and, and, Ma- yeah, and McIntyre, yeah. McIntyre said yesterday, Colin, when you were doing that, because we played the audio – he was like, you're sitting on stuff. And people want to be like, you're a hot take guy. You're just doing this for attention. Yeah. And I'm like, Colin knows everyone in the league. He knows USC. He's at the games. So I immediately gave that credence, and it was informed. And when McIntyre said you were sitting on stuff, I was like, oh, God, what else are you sitting on from, <laughs> from Caleb's camp that we don't know? So please let me sleep at night and tell me what you were sitting on. How about that? Yeah. So, no, I mean, he said I was sleeping on stuff. And I said, well, yeah, I don't. Guys, you do this, I do this. I don't report everything I know. Of course. You don't report. I have sort I have a I have a friend right now. Like for instance, when Tom Telesco got the job um, with the Raiders, he had it thirty six hours before. Tom's my friend. I'm not gonna put that out there. He he asked me I'm gonna call me, he said I'm gonna take the job. I wasn't gonna I would have broken the story. I didn't break the story because Tom's a friend. He had a family, he had people to tell. When you know when I when I broke the story on Brady to the Buccaneers, 
I had to go through it for 10 minutes. I went with that because it was a very trusted friend, and he told me I could go for it. But you guys, I mean, I have a story right now I'm sitting on. Yep. Why? Because I don't want to burn a source. So we all have, you know, you, you accumulate no more bees with honey than vinegar, okay? I don't report everything I know on Caleb. When the stuff came out about Caleb, um, uh, what was the, yeah, the stuff came up about his dad's going to break, break this and that, I, I went on and said, nonsense there's been so much like that he wants that he wants equity in a team that, I, I downplayed all of that right okay but i was told after the season there's stuff that worries him he's the best prospect since elway yes yes he's worried they have the only defensive coach in the division the roster's got a great a bona fide number one he likes the deep i was told last night chicago's a big loud pressurized city loves that jordan bulls he likes that I was told he thinks the defense is really good. He doesn't have to win by shootout. He loves DJ Moore. He thinks the O-lines gets, is better than people think. He doesn't think it's a disaster, but yes. And, and I said this to somebody. If Caleb was your son and he was the number one lawyer or whatever, he was the number one tech guy or whatever in the market, and he had to go, right? He didn't have choices. He had, he had limited. Wouldn't you be like, yeah, this company doesn't win a lot. Absolutely. Company- We've talked about that kind of thing for a lot of years, like the player empowerment and the NFL being the NFL draft being something that isn't fair makes all the sense. I, I think, Colin, this kind of conversation is incredibly valuable for our listeners and yours and your viewers in terms of media literacy, because you know stuff. We get told stuff and then you use it or you don't use it and things like that. And people don't understand. So this is helpful. You do know stuff about Caleb. So we we understand. Do you ever consider prefacing a take with this is just me speculating or oh, I say, I, I say or, literally or, every. Yeah, I mean, guys, one of the things. Yeah, I mean, listen. I work at a company that got sued for billions of dollars for questioning voting. So <laughs> I'm very and I I'm very aware of I say this all the time and, and one of the reasons my show works on radio and TV and simulcast mostly don't with sports radio. But I'm always really proud that I'm doing a three hour radio show on TV. PTI is a huge hit. I'm six times longer. I'm doing a solo show. So I always say I'm I'm Steph Curry. I miss shots. I, this is a, I'm not like Jay Glazer with a 90-second Sunday report where I have to get every word right or Tom Rinaldi with an essay. I'm shooting shots. I try to preface stuff constantly. I'll say, this is my opinion, or I've been told this. I don't know. Very rarely do I say definitively blank, blank, blank. And when I get it, I say it. I said this morning as I did this rant, I said, guys, I got a call from Caleb's camp. And they went, Colin, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't hate Chicago because Caleb doesn't watch any of this stuff or listen. But Caleb was told by his cousins or buddies, oh, coward said you. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I think we texted the clip to Carl Williams, Colin, because we're trying to get him on. We're like, what the hell's going on? Are you not coming to Chicago? And he's like, talk to our publicist. (laughs) So his dad, I think, runs a little, he's a big personality. Caleb's not a big personality. He's just a great kid. Really self-aware, bright kid, really emotional, all about winning. But I, I think sometimes the quarterback dad thing, they can run hot. And I, you know, I, I'm not denying or backpedaling at all. There were some concerns I was told eight, nine weeks ago, like, hell, man, it's, this has got to work. That probably mostly came from what I was hearing from maybe a dad's side of it. 
and maybe I was too hot on it yesterday. But that's why today I came out and said, hey, let me, you know, they called. I try to give people the latest information I have. Like, Danny, one of the things I think you and I talked about once off the air is that I've never understood the premise that you shouldn't flip-flop. And I always say this. If you were going to get on a flight and the pilot said, listen, we got new information. We're not going to take off for 15 minutes because I don't want to go straight up into a lightning storm. Would you be like, nope, (laughs) I want the initial radar yesterday and we're going to stick with it. If you went to a hospital and they came in and said, listen, your surgery with your eight-year-old daughter, we're going to try something here because we've got new information. Would you say, nope, just stick with what you're going to do? We live in a new information society. So when I get it, I give it to the audience. But but I have to fill three hours a day, and if I have information, I say, this is what I think. Yeah. Sometimes people react to what I say and say, hey, Colin, can you kind of sandpaper it a little bit? That can't... And I'm like, okay, and then I'll give you that information. I'm never somebody afraid to go, hey, here's the latest thing I have. It, it's it's. I said this yesterday. I still believe this. Here's what Here's what I have today. I don't think that's backpedaling. It's just new information. And I said this today, like, um, not to eat up your show, by the way. I'm eating up your – you have commercials. I'm sorry. I, I apologize to your advertisers. You're, please. Please don't apologize to okay. them. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> – okay. I'll accept so the apology said, on their behalf. Yeah, they're fine. <laughs> so I said this today on my show. I said the reason the Niners keep ending up in NFC championships with different quarterbacks is because they're never concerned about being right. They're concerned about getting it right. So Garoppolo – Trey Lance, Brock Purdy. If Purdy sucks in the Super Bowl, they'll draft another quarterback. The Giants are trying to be right. So they double down on a quarterback they reach for. Programs, a complete franchise, abyss. I am a believer in, I tell you what I know. People react to what I know and what I say. I have no problem going, hey, I'm going to do more homework on that, or I got new information. What I was told nine weeks ago was – There was concerns about Chicago. I think over time, Caleb's done a lot of homework. They're trying to be more reasonable, and he does not want to – he's not comfortable being a villain. It's not who he is. But this stuff's fluid. Information's fluid. And by the way, I still have a show to do. You still have a show to do. I've had people call – I've never had anybody call and yell at me, a source, but I had a source last year on something completely whiff. And I said, yeah, I whiffed on that. I haven't had that happen to me a lot, but uh, I'm not bad. Nine weeks ago, I think there was real concern about Chicago in that camp. And I think now they just don't want to be painted as we hate Chicago. They, well, they, 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 see it, they see an avenue with Chicago. It looks like Houston, but I would argue that Detroit and Green Bay – are better than people in Houston's division. I think Green Bay and Detroit are stacked rosters. 